Burn Offerings. Here it's Steve. Those of you not keeping score, I think that is yours. Hella excited. We got some new shirts out. Uh, a couple of really awesome people snagged a few up already this week. Thank you for that. Awesome design by Jared, per usual. Printed by Kyle from Shroud. Sweetness. Thanks for that. Yeah, if anybody wants stuff printed, hit up Loud Fumes and Glue on uh, the Instagram. Yeah. Does quality work, man. He does. Uh, I was actually really impressed with the shirts. I mean, the design was sick, but, like, the shirts are quality. I'm, like, oh, yeah. proud to... <laughs> If someone's wearing the shirt, I'm pretty sure I'm pr- I'm like, you know, you got a, a good quality shirt, so that's cool. Um, Should have more stuff coming, too. We do. It's in the works. We're going to make that happen. Uh, but it's been, a, it's been a while. Not a long while, but like three weeks, four weeks? Three weeks to a month. Something like that, yeah. We, uh, yeah it's been a minute. Yeah, we were supposed to do an episode last week or the week before that, it didn't happen or whatever. I don't know. We make our own schedule. We do. We do. Uh, <laughs> and so we were like, dude, we're going to make, we're going to do this. So uh, I just wanted to say that uh, lately, Jared and I have really been getting into this Jallo realm as far as discussions about all things Jallo and most of the discussions take place with people mistaking movies for being Jallo material because there's a fine line you can walk between slasher and Jallo and well, that's what's kind of throwing me off is I didn't realize how many people thought like blatant slashers were has has an argument to be a Jallo some of them I understand throws me yeah fucking me throws too. me man but it seems like a lot of people are stretching this uh, concept. Uh, but I, I'm i a fan of both. I think they go hand in hand, but they're not the same thing. Well, no, they're totally not the same thing. Um, Honestly, depending on who you ask, if it wasn't made in Italy, it's not Giallo. I don't feel that way. That's wrong. But there's some like fucking hardliners out there when it comes to that opinion. Uh, it's just the world we live in, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, but I know, I know... From personally, that Jared has is a huge fan of Italian film, just in general. Yeah, just in general. I mean, he loves his music from Japan and he loves his movies from Italy, and that's probably <laughs> never gonna fucking change. Which is awesome because I'm kind of a mixed bag when it comes to like all that stuff. I kind of like it all. Um. Just like you do, but I mean, you're you really like Italian film, and Italian horror. Well, it always piques my interest. If there, it, if I come across one I haven't seen, it's always I'm dying to see it. Yeah, thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like you know the Fulci, Argento, the Bavas, the Lenzies. The those are all good, but there's there's one offs here, there's one offs there. I've seen there's there's so much that I still have to get under my belt, especially when it comes to Jallo films because. of I, I don't think I've seen one that I don't like. I've seen some that are better than others, but even the worst one is almost like pizza. It's like even the worst pizza is okay, and I'm still going to eat it. It's like I haven't seen a Jallo that I'm like, 
Yeah, this movie ain't really that good. I mean, I've seen... Dude, I've seen a lot, and there's still a dumb amount that I have not seen. I'm still easily coming across tons of shit that I've never even heard of. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're getting a lot of them under your belt, like, within the last, like... Well, we talked about it, I think, uh, I mean... I think we talked about it on the last episode, but we and you were just bullshitting over beers like a month or so ago. We were talking about how we don't do many Giallo films, and it's because I I like them, but I didn't like I like we've done we me and you have both done with slashers our whole life is we've just kind of fucking consumed and found all of them we could, mm-hmm. and just in doing that you kind of build up this knowledge type of thing. Never really done that with them, so I've never always felt. Not the most comfortable like, conversing about them. Yeah, because it's like you don't want to come out and be like, yeah, you don't want to be like over opinionated over something you don't really have. I'll sit and talk slashers with you all day. Yeah. Well, Jalo, I, I've known it's a, it's been a thing for years now. Yeah, early never, 60s. Yeah, well, no, I'm, I mean, as far, personally. Okay, yeah. There was always the Tenebrae and the because you, you, your entry level Fulci Argento Baba Lenzi shit like you know, but then the, you know these these filmmakers mostly made also like cannibal films and like fucking spaghetti westerns yeah shit. shit like that so you, you but the Jallos were in there too and I was like I remember seeing Jallos and just not really knowing that it was what it was and just kind of throwing it in the slasher category like an Italian slasher and then you come to find out that there's a whole Format formula to the way things are shot, the way things, the way the plot is, the way your dialogue is set up, and just everything that goes with it. Where there's a whole subgenre of horror from everywhere, mostly Italy, but there's jallos and slashers that have come from all over the fucking world. To say yeah. that that slashers only come from America is fucking asinine. Just like it's not just. I've heard people say that if it came from anywhere else, if it didn't come from Italy, then it's a slasher. See, that's stupid because I don't understand how that logic works. Yeah, like if, if somebody in fucking like Argentina makes a carbon copy of Bird with the Crystal Plumage, that's a fucking giallo. From Argentina. Yeah, exactly. It's like Argentinian, Argentinian giallo. Yeah, what are you going to say? It's an Italian giallo from Argentina. <laughs> what the fuck? What are we, where are we at? Like, okay, so so there's that. I just wanted to fucking get that, get that out. But we've really fucking hashed out some... Some really, uh, how should I put this? Mm, stretched out <clears throat> opinions and views about what can be considered a Jallo film, and I feel like people are starting to kind of reach a little bit. There's a couple that really make you raise an eyebrow, like maybe they do have an argument, but there's somewhere like you're just fucking out of your mind if you think that this movie I've been watching since I could fucking walk. All of a sudden now in 2021 it's a fucking Jallo. No, man, it's been a slasher since it was a slasher. It's always going to be a slasher. Yeah. Uh that being like the first Friday the 13th. Okay. That is killing me, man. That is That's the one that's killing, killing me, me because like how many fucking times have have all of us seen that movie? Never once has that ever been a thing until Shudder decided they want to have a Jallo collection. Now we got experts all over the fucking place. And we didn't consciously decide to pick a Jallo to do an episode until we at least started kind of getting into the habit of watching well, them. Well, I mean, and to be fair, we've, we've done like five. We have, but they were like more known ones. I can't really think of a... 
Yeah, we, I mean, they're, they're kind of on that. They were on that line. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we've done ones that people have probably seen and heard of. This one, maybe some people may not have. May, some people have. I don't know. Uh, we're doing eyeball. This uh, 1975 or mm-hmm. 78, depending on how you want to look at it. But mid 70s, 100% Jalo film. Yeah, and it's great. I love it. Straightforward. This is like Lindsay's. I think it's Lindsay did like oh, four or five. Jalos before this. Yeah. This is kind of, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, this was his last Jalo that he did before he started doing the cannibals. Yeah. Yeah. Because then he did Eaten Alive, Cannibal, Ferox. Yeah. So this, uh, but this this came out right in that wheelhouse of when Jalos in the mid 70s were like fucking happening. Yeah. This was Italy, uh, the heyday know? of them. So Italy had their explosion of Jalo films, like we had American slashers in the early '80s. There was like a whole fucking four or five year block where they were just, and they're all classics. Yeah, because within that realm, you got your uh, Crystal Plumage, you got your, so many good ones came out in that like short frame, and then pepper them in before and after. But like, from like that '68 to like '74 range. Yeah, there's like a. All the ones that people consider straight bangers are in that window. Absolutely, there's a. Amazing ones, and depending on how your taste go, really fucking good ones into the 80s. I agree. But that was like the fucking, like, the peak of their popularity over there. Yep. A lot of people say American Slashers was like 78 to 84. Yeah. Then you got 68 to 74. It's a six-year block there where there's the classics, and then they kept making them after that, but they, they started to lose class, or like, they were few and far between when a good one would come out, and then you just kind of get... Fuck, Sergio Martino released is it four, I think it's four or five straight bangers in a row from 71 to 73. Okay. And, like, it, they're all in a row, and they're all straight fire. Yeah. <laughs> I think it starts with Strange, uh, Strange Vice. Yeah, Strange Vice. Of Mrs. Ward and yeah. ends with torso, I believe. Is oh, the, was the last one? That's not even fair. Yeah. Well, there's the start, just those two right there. I actually watched uh, the strange vices of Mrs. Ward twice in the past like month and a half, and that fucking that movie's great. That movie's fucking great, man. Yeah. And another one you turned me on to long before we decided to do this episode, or even before Shutter uploaded all the the Jello films that they did. The girl from Room 2A mm-hmm. is fucking amazing. I'm like, dude, this is a whole different feel for a for a horror film or a slasher or a, whatever you want to call it. The way that movie shot in the in the colors, you don't realize what colors can do to a film until you see something like, say, Suspiria or. The vivid colors really add to the aesthetic of what the fuck you're watching, man. Even if it's a grainy VHS transfer, like you're like, that's a bright ass fire burnt orange fucking outfit the killer's wearing, and it just adds to the whole like craziness of what you're seeing. It's like I, I for there for a long time, honestly, I uh, always. I don't want to say didn't like because I always liked the the movies, but like that the blood in the seventies when it basically was just like bright red splatter, corn syrup with food. Coloring. It just kind of was like enemy because like you got to see what they they came up with that recipe in the eighties that everybody started using, which looks like straight up blood. Oh, for sure. 
but looking at it now on these movies that just like vivid bright red splatter adds to like the aesthetic I love it totally it's it, it wasn't then but I think now you could make a movie and it would be a total style choice to do that and it depending on how you made the movie it could come across like very well done yeah I agree but they use that same blood in like the spaghetti westerns in the gory mm-hmm. kung fu movies that was that was like the, how you made until blood. Savini and those guys in the eighties sold or gave away the recipe yeah, for the I can't new remember blood. Who, I can't remember who like is like giving credit for coming up with that new recipe. Someone, but someone's it's fucking amazing. Was was it? It was a documentary I was watching where they're like hanging out with someone and they're like, like you know, <laughs> let me get that recipe, dude. It was uh, was it was it Nicotero or was it uh? I think it was him. It's right in the early '80s when when they started out. I don't know. I'm just yeah, yeah. And it, he he was friends with Savini. He was studying. He was doing shit with Savini. And then like Savini knew someone because if you look at the blood in Dawn of the Dead, and then you look at the blood in Maniac, it's about a three or four year spread there. Right completely there. fucking different. Yeah. Savini got the recipe to the new updated blood, and it looked like real fucking blood. So. Everyone was doing it after that. That's why those slashers look so good in the 80s because it's realistic blood that's fucking sprayed all over the place, right? So, like, yeah, I mean, it's great. So, yeah, and then, you know, so I, I watched a doc where he was like, yeah, so I finally got that fucking blood recipe. And then from there, everyone was using it. And that's why the movies in the 80s are so, because that just it adds to it. it you, you don't realize how important it is for your blood to look realistic or look a certain way. Until the yeah, movie, you, you know? can have like a fucking like the application and do like a split throat. But if your blood's coming out looking like bright red, that kind of takes the viewer out of it, even whether they realize it or they don't. Yeah. But if you see have the fucking slit and realistic blood coming out, mm-hmm. that keeps them in. Oh yeah, I'm mixed in with the special effects, which we all know. There's all those, but oh yeah. Back on track. So what? I wanted to ask you, like, when the first time you seen Eyeball was. Uh, do not know. I stumbled across it on accident. I think I might have been the same way. I think, because um, I still don't own a copy of it. So I think I had a bootleg at some point of it. And it was the, uh, the, the original poster I saw of it was the one with the, Grim Reaper looking dude holding out the hand. Yeah, yeah. Just tension grabber. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think. I think it was uh, Drive-In Massacre Big Box. Yeah. And Jimmy gave it to me. And um, when he gave it to me he said, I want you to watch the trailers in the beginning. There's a fucking movie on there called Eyeball. And it looks amazing. So the three trailers were like Eyeball, Eaten Alive, the Toby Hooper one, and something else. And the Eyeball was the first trailer, and it was had the fucking infamous Italian, like, the voiceover for the trailers that were in all those 70s fucking, like, you have not experienced terror until, you know, like, fucking this trailer. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And, like, the trailer had gore in it and eyes being plucked out and shit. And I'm like... Okay, and then the raincoat. I seen the fucking raincoat, and then it just cuts away. Fucking eyeball. I'm like, dude, 
stop traffic like this looks fucking <laughs> and i texted jimmy instantly like okay eyeball looks fucking amazing and i found a, a copy on uh i don't remember i think it might have been ebay because covid i i got it after covid started so there was no tape swaps or nothing i found a prism clam for like 15 bucks totally clean i'm like fuck it cool yeah i still don't own a actual copy of this movie same kind of artwork as Girl from Room 2. It's the Prism Clam look. Yeah, like it's yeah. got that. Yeah. All those Prism Clams pretty much had the same layout. Yeah. But, yeah, so I, I watch it quite often, actually. I really like... Eyeball's fucking amazing, so... I'm on the hunt. I want to get the... Uh, I want to get the Eyeball and the Autopsy poster. Because there's the Eyeball poster that looks design-wise exactly like the Autopsy poster. I want to get both of those. Yeah. Autopsy's a fucking. That's great too. I've been wanting to dig into it. I got it's. It's part of the uh, Forgotten Jolly. I think it's Volume Three that I just got. Okay. I haven't dug into that one yet, but it's one of them. I was like, dude, it's been a minute since I've seen that. Uh, pretty sure Criterion Jay's watching that tonight. Good on him. Yeah, I think he's got the Blu-ray. Maybe I seen. Wouldn't be surprised if he picked up the same fucking thing. Oh, could be. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. But uh. Yeah, we can. If you want to dig into the movie or like, yeah, dude, that's, fucking, that's what we're doing. All right. Um, so yeah, the Eyeball 1975. I did read that it was technically released in '78. Was it? That's what it said on IMDb. Oh, something. Yeah, yeah something was like released like June 9th, 1978. But everywhere I look, it says '75. So. Was it initial release in Italy in '75, and then didn't make it till overseas until '78? Usually, that's how it works. I'm sure it was a... Yeah, because everything I've ever seen about this was 75. So I'm guessing maybe it was a uh, Italy and North America. Yeah. Well, there's a Spain, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The big Spain thing. You know, it was shot in Rome, Italy, Spain, fucking everywhere, so... Yeah, I think it was... What's well, a shot every, anywhere besides... I think it was all Barcelona, wasn't it? It says Rome, too. They shot some in Rome. Okay. I'm guessing when they do the tour in the bus, there's like Rome. You, you see the big stone buildings and shit. Yeah. Maybe they fucking shot one day in Rome and had a <laughs> horrible tourist guide fucking talk over your weird nationalist dialogue of hating America <laughs> and whatever they're talking about. Uh, but so, yeah, man. I mean, feed me. What do you? How do you feel about this fucking movie, dude? Um. I like this movie actually. Uh, pacing's really good in this movie. This fucking guy. It's it's. There's parts that are just off the wall. There's characters that are legit fucking characters. Um, like the the goddamn bus driver. He's not drunk, but I envision him drunk. He's like a game show host in the fucking seventies. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking like crazy ass fucking laugh. The stupid shit he's doing, dude. He's he is he's the definition of a fucking character. I think. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, so it has to do with so the movie has to do with a tour, American tourist group, touring like Barcelona, mm -hmm. and they just keep getting killed. And what I find funniest is they keep getting killed, but yet they keep continuing on with the fucking tour with the same people that they're all suspicious about. So yeah, let's just keep going. We're good. The cops are like, yeah, yeah, like that. I never really thought about that way, but. It seems every time someone gets killed, like, everyone just scurries out, like, looking at each other. It's like, motherfucker, just split up and go your separate ways. Call it a 
it's done deal, dude. Or if you really want to keep the, the tour going, you're like tried and true with this group. Maybe y'all stick together. Yeah, because I don't know about you, but if I decided to go backpacking or like over in a different country, and on the first day, one of the people we find with their fucking eye gouged out and uh, stab wounds and... Uh, I'm like, you know what, man? Maybe this isn't the best part of town, or maybe we shouldn't be here, or maybe... What the fuck's going on? Cause, and then the coroner's like, yeah, well, I'm guessing by the lacerated liver and the puncture wounds, these were violent stabbings. Oh, wait a minute, coroner. Are you saying that the killer's a sadist? I wouldn't rule that out. Okay, so let's keep fucking backpacking through Barcelona. Because <laughs> not only was the person killed, but the eyes were gouged out and the stab wounds came from a high... Uh, it was like overhand... No, I can't. Yeah, I can't remember how he says it. Yeah, he's like, it was. It was came from a high point, so it was stabbed down, which is a violent kill. Yeah, it's not like I'm gonna fucking shank you real quick, like in prison, and take the fuck off because I want your wallet. It's like no overhand. I'm stabbing you, and from the puncture wounds, it's like this was done violently and with much force. So there was like angst behind it. That's not cool. So like, <laughs> but we're gonna keep we're gonna keep the tour going. We're going to keep going. I'm your bus driver. I'm going to start throwing out fucking fake mice and little Spiders. frogs. And just like, ah! Like wide-eyed fucking crazy laughing. Like, wink. <laughs> so many... Me. And so many red herrings. Oh, I and I think, like, even, like... I look at that bus driver as, like, goofy. But I think that was kind of looked at as... It could be looked at as a red herring. Like, is it this fucking crazy-ass goddamn tour guide? Yeah. Yeah. Then you got a, you got a priest... You got God, it. the first time I watched this movie, I was wanting it to be the priest. Me too. Yeah, me too. I'm like, dude. I'm like the priest. The, they're, they're giving the fucking priest a little, a little too much of a creepy vibe with this like a dead stare and like dead pan fucking responses. Yeah, and he was the first one to like find two of the bodies. Yeah, I think so. He just happened to show up right after it happened, and then fast forward years later. The priest is the killer in Nightmare Beach. Lindsay's just like, you know, we're gonna. We're, the priest is the fucking killer. I, I dropped the ball on the fucking eyeball gig. We're gonna do it in fucking Welcome to Spring Break. But so yeah, um, I, I I gotta throw that out there that the the bright colored raincoats are awesome in this movie, dude. Red, the color red is blasted throughout this fucking movie. It's it really never like super prominent, but it's always like background accent colors like between like the curtains walls lamps fucking raincoats yeah I think even like the handrails going into the swimming pool are red mm. it's like reds everywhere yeah the raincoats definitely add to it you know um, I, I, I've always had an obsession with how creepy a raincoat can be you know going back to like Alice Sweet Alice and shit like that just a raincoat can be really fucking menacing the fucking the ripper in Last Action Hero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the guy with the hook, and I know what you did last summer. I'll always know what you did last summer. Dude. I'll never forget what you did. Last no, year, I tried going through some, like, those, like, late 90s, early 2000s slashers. Like, well, maybe, maybe I missed something that was there that I just wrote off. Because I don't mind the first scream. Everybody fucking hates it. I, I don't mind it. it. So I'm like, well, let me. It was like come. It was. Uh, I know what you did last summer was coming on, 
And I was like, I'll fucking watch it. I'll just let it go into that. I'll watch it. I think I got like 30 minutes in, and I was like, nope. Yep. Fucking turn it right off. I did the same thing. Yeah, and there was another one. What was it? Fucking uh, along those lines, I tried to give it another chance, and I said, fuck no. This ain't happening. I can do Urban Legend, I found. That one's okay. The Um, Faculty. Faculty, I can... How, yeah, could you? Could you? Could you? Oh, I love it. Okay, yeah. Because I, I say like faculty's it. not bad until you get to the end and it's that horrible fucking early two thousand CGI. See, I, I'm not gonna oust the whole movie because of a fucking thirty second CGI shitty thing. You know, like yeah, you're never gonna stop watching Trick or Treat because of the fucking wolf scene, the Marilyn Manson oh, wolf yeah, scene. God, yeah, it's a bad that's moment. That's the worst fucking scene of the movie. Oh, it is, and that CGI shit in the faculty sucks. But I like the faculty. I'm not gonna sit here and say. Well, if it didn't come out in the seventies and eighties, it sucks. Oh no, man. man, there's there's a couple. I I definitely um, cherry pick throughout that whole because there's a lot of bad ones that have come out, but every decade has its fucking good ones. Oh yeah, so. there's always like some hidden ones in there. That's kind of why I go back and watch. I'm like, well, these ones had fucking got praise. Maybe I missed something. Yeah, no, I yeah, didn't. There's a couple of them where people are just like, man, those fucking MTV know. generation slashers, whatever they got called. Yeah, I don't know what they were called, but there was like fucking, okay, so can't hardly wait. And then I know what you did last <laughs> summer. Like, how the fuck does that work? Busta Rhymes, man, he's on fire right now. Put him in a fucking Halloween movie. The only reason I hate that Scream got made is because of what it fucking fueled. True. Because Scream as a standalone movie is great. I'll always like that movie. I, I will, And I like the fourth one as well. Yeah, fourth one's not bad. Not as much as the first one, but... Out Two and four, three are oh, garbage. The, oh, they suck. Yeah, but the fourth one, actually, I was like, you know, this is fucking good, man. But it's pretty much like a derivative of the first one. With more name drops of classic good movies and, like, the killer has more knowledge of shit that's not so mainstream. And it's like, it's refreshing that a movie, when it came out at that time, was like, they're nodding to... First time I watched it, I was kind of like... I was paying attention, but not like fully paying attention. Then you got to the part where she said something about Peeping Tom. Yeah. And I was like, wait, did they seriously just name drop Peeping Tom? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, so that's so that's good. But, yeah, no, we, we went off the rails a little bit, but... Always do. Always we'll, do. We'll, we'll get back, but I, the whole, the, whole like, the faculty thing, I was watching uh, Pluto TV on the, like, the Terror Channel, yeah. and it just started... And I and I it's been fucking so long since I seen that movie, and I just seen like the opening scene with the football team and fucking Robert Patrick. I'm like, why is T1000 a football coach? And then I'm like, oh, this is the fucking faculty. And then like everything came back. And then I'm like, oh, that's the mom from Carrie. That's Lilith from Cheers, who was married to Frazier in Cheers. Fucking John Stewart, Salma Hayek, John Stewart, Usher, uh, the fucking was it the Lord of the Rings kid. Elijah Wood from like The Good Son and the Maniac remake and then you got I'm like holy fuck this is great man like it was like a fucking cast man oh it was it really was uh, uh, there's one I'm missing too there was another good one uh, I don't know anyway but yeah so I was like dude this is fucking this is cool like but that's how I got started on the whole like late 90s early 2000s like uh teeny bopper fucking horror movies that came out there was like maybe a handful that were okay but yeah to go back to a decade where shit was pure fire eyeball yeah the raincoats great Mm -hmm. love the aesthetic of the raincoat man and everyone's wearing them 
And then it comes in at one point where they're like, well, the killer was wearing a raincoat or something. And it's like, well, every motherfucker had a raincoat on. They all look the same. <laughs> okay, so like, on that point, on that point. Um, so, like, the killer was wearing a raincoat, and then they get the raincoat, and they ask the one person to try it on. Like, it's a motherfucking poncho raincoat. One like, size fits most. Yeah, almost everybody's going to fit in that. So it's going to fit. Yeah. It's not the OJ glove. <laughs> Put the fucking thing on, you don't get wet. It's Isn't a simple. tailored thing, like <laughs> Yeah, you need to bring the inseam in about four. It's basically a hefty bag with a hood. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what the fuck it is. Uh, but yeah, so so that's cool. I, I, I like the color uh aesthetic with the raincoats and stuff, but I did. I, I did want to say that the first time I seen it, that opening, that first kill, mm-hmm. the chick picks up like the, the flower. Yeah. And then the hand comes out with the fucking knife. That's beautiful in broad daylight. Just stabs her right in the fucking eye. I'm like, here we go. Not the. I don't. Not the first one to do it. No. But not at all. Um. Yeah, not the first one to have the killer not have black gloves, but the fact of, it being the red. Yeah. I mean, pretty much ties into the whole everything in the fucking movie. Yeah. But yeah, you're not getting just your standard fucking black leather gloves. Nope. See, girl from Room 2A had that too. Mm hmm. But they were like welder's gloves. Like they were the big leather fucking gauntlets. Gauntlet fucking gloves, yeah. Which was cool. And then there's the color, that weird. There's like a few movies where it's either like red gloves or. Um, like real thick, almost like surgical gloves, where it's like that off-white, yellowish color. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Which is cool too. Yeah, or like like dishwashing gloves. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> He's killing motherfuckers with those Paul Mollov fucking one size fits most dishpan hands. Dishpan hands. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Dude, okay. So the the score in this movie. Yeah. Right off bat, I dig it, and I really hope you like it because you're going to hear it a lot. They kind of circle say, through that. Well, the first like half hour of the movie, they just keep cycling that that clip of that part of the score, like when they're in the bus, when they get off the bus, when they're in the restaurant. It's that same, and it don't bother me. It's just I know I did notice that. What's the guy? The composer's name Bruno Nicoli, Nikolai, Nikolai. Lindsay used him in a few movies. Dude, his... Oh, Macaulay. His list, that the shit he's done, is dumb. Yeah, didn't we run down him when we did... Uh, Fucking probably, and I'm going to run through some of them again. Good, yeah, because he did the Nightmare Beach. Uh, Dude, yeah, he did... Um, shit. Night Evelyn came out of the grave. Mm-hmm. Um, he did um, A Virgin Among the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Case of the Scorpion Tail. Your Vice is Locked Room. The Red Queen Kills Seven Times, uh, The French Sex Murders, Case of the Bloody Iris, uh, Excellent. All the Colors of the Dark. It should, it, it, his, his, his resume, is, resume is dumb. Yeah. Like, that's just like for his composer credits. Yeah, he was, uh, yeah, he was in a, because I, I think he did Nightmare Beach too, didn't he? Or was it? I think he might have. I because I thought like cause I, think I looked him up used him again, and I looked at all the movies he did prior to that, and I was like, "Holy fucking shit!" He was like the Manfredini of 
for Lenzi. Yeah. And for Jalos and shit. Like, he was I, the go-to composer. I think, uh, yeah, I think Lenzi did use him again. Or was it Eaten Alive, the Hooper one? It was one of the... I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, he did quite a few, though. Bruno McCauley or whatever. Yeah, I'm horrible. I've come to find out I'm horrible with Italian names. Like how to pronounce them, I'm just shit. Yeah. Yeah, when I say them, they don't sound as sexy as someone else. (laughs) My mom's boyfriend's straight 100% Italian, and he wants to take me to this, like, Italian restaurant where they serve actual authentic Italian food and I looked at the menu and didn't know what anything was and the way he was saying it to me sounded amazing and I'm like well if I go you gotta go with me because if I accidentally order some seafood or something I'm allergic to seafood for people that don't know I'm like well this looks and sounds sexy but it's all in Italian and if you bring out like some kind of a fucking fish fillet I will die I will swell up like a fucking balloon I want you to make sure that there's some kind of something I'm gonna eat in there but uh, he's like, no, that's prosciutto with Marcella. Like, I'm like, yeah. Claudio Simonetti did Nightmare Beach. Okay, Claudio. So Bruno did uh, the the giallos. Claudio Simonetti did, and he also did the he's body count. Fucking done every did everything too. Yeah, Claudio's fucking. He's another fucking a lister a lister when it comes to that shit. Fingerprints all over the fucking greatness in the seventies and eighties. Right. Um. Yeah, so um, people in this movie. Uh, I mean, they've all had. I think the main group of them, like there was the uh, the couple, the yep. two chicks. Mm-hmm. They kind of had decent careers after this. Oh, did they? Yeah, I think the one, uh, the one who played um, was it uh, not Naba? The mean one or the nice one? The nice one. Okay. The one who's getting her picture taken in the beginning. Yeah, with the daffodil. and Yeah. yeah. Okay. She lives in, uh, I think, California now. Okay. She's been doing some, like, work, like, home, I think, uh, helping, like, uh, homeless people and stuff. Sweet. But she had, like, a decent film career. And then... Um, I can't really see her not because she is stunning. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely fucking stunning. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. And then... Lisa, her girlfriend, mm-hmm. she had a decent career. Um, was this like an entry level film for them? Do you know or? Uh, no. So they did some stuff before. The then? year before this movie was made, um, Anise Pellegrini, who's Nyaba, okay, she was in uh, Salo, Hundred Toy Days. Holy shit! Really? Yeah. Whoa. I think this was, that was the movie she did right before this movie. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, but uh, John Richardson plays Mark, like the basically the main guy with the black hair. Or no, no, the one who's his wife's in America and he's there with his secretary. Yeah, yeah. That guy. Oh yeah, the main yeah yeah the main he, guy. And they uh, agree that there's going to be a divorce. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's talking. He was in Black Sunday. Fucking nice. Frankenstein 80, Torso, Murder Syndrome, The Church. He was in Torso, because mm-hmm. I just watched that. I didn't even think about that. He was. Yeah. I didn't know he was in Black Sunday. That's cool. 
He just died like two months ago. Holy shit. January 8th. He's got some Bava and Lindsay fucking movies under his belt. Yeah, he had a big list of fucking... He had a decent catalog of movies as well. Right there, Torso, Black Sunday, and this one. and I mean, that's pretty good. So, I'm actually going to watch Black Sunday this weekend. It's uh, I can't remember what streaming site I found it on, but maybe it's Shudder. The Bava Collection. Yeah, Shudder has the Bava Collection. Yeah, which I wanted to say, to let you know, I think Shudder just uploaded The White of the Eye. Oh, did they? Yeah, they got some, a couple films on there now and Tubi has Hide and Go Shriek but it's like the poster looks nothing like <laughs> so like I, I didn't even know that and I look is that, is that the same Hide and Go and I click on it and I'm like it is but it's a shitty like you know what I mean like when Trick or Treat has the cover with fucking uh, Ozzy and yeah, Gene it's, Simmons like on they it. Tra- in 2003 they tried to make it appealing to like fucking new metal kids and it just fucking sucks just have the chick that's all freaked out under the bed with the tattooed foot. That's a good cover. I want the poster. I want that poster. It's great. So, anyway, um, see oh, the other chick. What was that other chick in the the? Was it Naba? Is that her name? Yeah. Well, her her love interest. What was? What else was she in? Did you look that up at all? Yeah, I can't remember. I mean, she had a decent catalog. She had a decent career. I can't think of anything uh, that okay. stood out I gotcha I want to say honestly I seen that chick from Salo and Eyeball in like a fucking kung fu movie from the mid 70s one of those kung fu movies yeah yeah uh, and I can't think of which one it is but it was a mainstream one like it was like like I don't want to say Enter the Dragon, but it was like either a Jackie Chan or a Bruce Lee or something on that level where it was like because in Enter the Dragon they put them on that island to fight them in that tournament. And they have all the chicks that like hang out with the dudes, mm-hmm. and John Saxon's like, I have a feeling we're being fattened up for the kill. They bring them all this killer food, all these hot chicks, and like I think she was like one of the chicks that was hanging out with the dudes and shit. Because I remember when I watched this for the first time, I'm like, is that the chick that's hanging out with? Uh, Dude from Enter the Dragon with the fucking big afro that made his own career off of from from that like uh, Jones something Jones. I think I know you're talking all about. those uh, exploitation films that were kung fu based in the seventies. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, like okay, a yeah, nickname yeah, yeah. something Jones, and he was fucking awesome, man. So I think she was like hanging out with him and shit, like in the movie. He had like eight chicks in his room and shit. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, she looks familiar. But, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I don't think I know anyone else in this movie. I think those are the main ones, right? Yeah, I mean, pretty much I, don't, I think those are the only ones that had much going on after. <coughs> yeah, because I didn't really recognize a whole lot of people in here. But, uh, they did not do a bad job with acting in this movie. It's actually pretty pretty good for a... It's not, like, torturous to watch, or the dialogue isn't torturous to listen to, so... It's... See, I say this a lot. Like, it has to do with, like, the editing and the pacing. This movie does not have like, bad pacing. There, yeah, there's... It's, there's no slow burn parts. Like, there's, there's no... Well, there's no, like, parts that just fucking drag on. There's no parts that feel, like, fucking filler. And they over-explain shit to try... You know, like, they, there's shit that just... It flows. Yeah. And I mean, it's... 
I guess it's not. It doesn't always come down to just pacing and editing. Like you have to actually have a decent script, some decent fucking actors. But yeah, you don't. It none of that happens here. Yeah. Like it fucking. I think flows really good. There's no fucking lulls. Like you can have some some like ridiculous parts where it just seems fucking ridiculous. But yeah, no, this movie had none of that. There's never a part in this movie where you're like looking at your watch. Check and see how much fucking time's left. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, it's like it. Something happens every perfect amount of time to keep your attention on the movie. It's not always a kill. It could be something someone says or something someone does where you're like, "Wait a minute, what? What the fuck is that?" Like, it's a good movie. It's a good pacing, like you said, and you don't lose interest, which is cool. Because sometimes Jalos can be, you know what I mean? Like sometimes just Italian films. Sometimes it's like too much dialogue because they're like really wanting to nail that script but it's like if you don't have the people in place to make that script what it's supposed to be it just turns into people talking about shit and you kind of like I'd rather listen to towels in the dryer (laughs) I don't know which is worse like uh, a really poorly made slasher or poorly made jello I think they go hand in hand because all the poorly made ones Anyone can deal with deal with horrible special effects kills. I still like don't go in the woods, and those kills look terrible. But on top of that, the dialogue sucks, and people talk way too fucking much about dumb shit I don't care about. <laughs> Yet I can't take my eyes off the screen when it's on. But so, certain movies like Iced completely lose me. I can't fucking focus, dude. I would rather listen to Change in the Dryer than fucking the dialogue in Iced. And I've made that very clear over the past year on the episodes we've done that I'm not a fan, but I almost want to obtain a physical copy of the movie to have it because who doesn't want to own the worst slasher ever, right? I actually want to rewatch that one. I've done it four times, Jared, because I felt the same way you did. Like, man, maybe we were just half in the bag and didn't give it a fair shake. No, we gave it a fair fucking shake. That movie sucks, but... (laughs) it's going for like over a hundred bucks and shit and you know I just remember working with this psycho billy dude Ben at the at the warehouse and his he worked at a record store before that and he wanted to own every physical variant from every country of the uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart single on 45s on fucking cassette on CD because he's like I want to own as many copies of the worst song I've ever heard in my life (laughs) and he showed me a picture of his collection he's got stupid fucking amounts of like promo fucking things from record stores from when when it came out and shit and I'm like dude and at that time old school was big for taking that song and that dude like yeah He's like, yeah, before everyone's seen Old School, I fucking was all about this song being the worst song ever written just because it's the worst song ever written. I got like 178 variants of this at home on vinyl, cassette, CD, fucking laser disc, <laughs> fucking, I'm like, awesome. So, anyway. <laughs> laser disc? The fucking song? <laughs> the fucking video? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's like the video. Yeah, there you go. But, uh. Yeah, to get back on track, this movie doesn't really have any of those low moments where you're just kind of like, man, let's speed this the fuck up. You know? God. Like the scene in fucking Don't Go in the Woods when they're in the the, the Volkswagen van. Dick! Dick! Are oh, you pencil neck, gig? 
I know I got something for the peeping Tom. Dick, be careful, Dick. Oh my God. It's like fucking dude. And then the van rolls down a fucking hill. And when he steps out of the van, it's pure blackout. And when the van rolls down the hill, it's like dusk. Where the fuck are we at, dude? 20 minutes of dialogue for nothing. Like, I think, I always think about this, like, Dude, just I, I know you're wanting to keep it at like a feature length film, and I'm sure there was an actual reason to do that. But dude, just cut out the shit that's not needed, and make a cohesive story that has good fucking pacing. If it ends up being like a short film, fuck it, who cares? I know shit's different now than it was then. Yeah, true. But I mean, that's was how it? I look at it. Like, just cut that shit out, dude. Who fucking cares? There's a whole version of Halloween 19. 19- 78 that I haven't seen. Yeah. <clears throat> the edited for television version. Mm, okay, yeah. I believe Anchor Bay or Good Times released it. <coughs> Seeing the scenes from it. Yeah, there's like different scenes and shit. <coughs> and they actually explain a couple of things in detail that they don't in the theatrical version, which leads into the sequels. Well, from what I read was that John Carpenter knew that those the sequel was coming, and he knew what kind of the story was going to be for the sequel. So when he had to shoot those scenes for the television version, he did that with that in mind. That's, but the, but that version didn't come out on cable until like long after the sequels were a thing. I think it debuted in '88 or '89. That version of Halloween. I think it was before that. Was it? I think so. Yes. Because I know the VHS came out in like '89. Yeah, the VHS came out in '89. Well, but, the, but they showed it on like cable TV, premiere yeah, type thing. TV stations and shit. Okay. Yeah. So I'm thinking, dude, what what good would that have done if you're trying to plug in a, a angle to the story for a sequel that came out nine years ago? Yeah, I think spoiler it aired, alert. I think it aired on cable. Like, was it the same year? As the second, that second one came out. That makes sense. And since he knew the second one was coming out when he was filming those scenes, it was like he he intentionally made a tie-in. That makes more to sense. It. Yeah, I was always wondered about that. But yeah, so uh, the the ending in this movie is great, isn't it? Because I definitely did not see that coming. Yeah. At all. And I'm stoked that it ended the way it did because I'm like, what a nice payoff. Right. I did not fucking see that coming at all, and it was like cool. Like you want that payoff, so which makes a good film. Mm-hmm. You can sit through a fucking even a decent film, and if the ending just doesn't deliver, it's kind of it's like eh, well, it was all right. No, the ending of this one was great, really good. Totally delivers. I so, like it. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything else you want to add about this fucking movie. Like, you got like a ton of notes over no, there. No, um, honestly. It's definitely check it out. I mean, um, I'm not gonna say it's the best, but it's far, far from even so a, a subpar one. Mm-hmm. It pretty much checks all the boxes. Uh, really good fucking pacing. I think there's like good style to it. Fucking characters are straight fucking characters. Um, kills are pretty much what you're gonna expect for 75. It's fucking great. Yeah, the gore is good. It's not like mind-bogglingly well done 
like on a level of Savini or Fulci or. Yeah, don't go in thinking it's fucking New York. No, River. but but it's good. It's good. It's good gore, and the kills are fucking awesome. They really are. They're cool. They're I, I like every single one of them. So yeah, fucking as as is expected. Gorgeous, very beautiful women. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> the whole cast. Yeah, the whole cast. Future ex girlfriends, I call them. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like it's it's like the whole film industry in the seventies in Italy were just models. Yeah, even the but like this particular movie, like even the dudes, not the priest and the older guys and shit, but like some of the younger dudes, it's like. You're just, like, too perfect. Like, you would be, like, I don't know what the equivalent of H&M or fucking GQ would be in 75, but, like, the one dude with the <laughs> slick back black hair and he's, like, the tall, dark, and handsome guy. Like, he's, like, they just always want to conveniently show him on the screen. I'm, like, this is, like, a fucking uh, uh, Hollister fucking catalog <laughs> 75 like everyone's just like dude what about the you don't think the dude who's fucking uh filling in the crossword puzzle while his wife oh yeah yeah he just looks like a normal american right who's fucking putting in a do you notice in the crossword puzzle he's doing he's putting in like multiple letters in like a forward space I wasn't paying attention to that. It's like a four-letter word. He's putting in multiple words, multiple letters in one space, and I'm thinking he's putting in Murta, which is like, in English, it's death. Oh, God, yeah. And that's when the wife comes in, and he's like, get your fucking hair done at the hotel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't paying attention to the crossword, but yeah. Well, like, first time I saw it, it caught my eye. I'm like, what the fuck? Is there like a... Is there a type of crossword you do where... One square is more than one fucking Three letter? Letters. Like, what the hell's going on here? Super Scrabble. You see, my mom, and I said fellatio, and she said it wasn't in the dictionary. She ended up winning. You know, we should end up getting you laid, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, so Eyeball, check it out, guys. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed, and I will say that it's on YouTube. Good quality. It's on uh, Giallo Realm. Yeah, check see, out the Giallo um, channel. It's a, it's on there, but B, check out that channel anyway because there's a bunch of good fucking uploads. Oh, there is, there is. Um, so, but if you just Google in eyeball nineteen seventy five, fucking pops up right away. Um, and it's not a shitty transfer. It looks decent. So yeah, definitely check it out, guys. Man, it's it's worth it. I promise. If you if you like most of the shit that we do episodes about, like it's right in that wheelhouse. It's a good fucking Jallo movie. It's good Italian, good gore, good movie. So that wraps up our film feature for this episode. Hit me with some shit you've been either listening to or watching since the last time we did this. Shit. What have I been listening to? I haven't been playing much, man. Um, We're good. Yeah, nothing. Oh, just dropping shot glasses. Yeah, I don't know. It like completely fell out of my hand. Uh, let's um, see. I haven't really been listening to much, honestly. And um, discharge is still a spinning. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Jammed it on the way over here again. I got some new stuff. I just haven't actually spun it yet. And what did I get? Um, 
Bastard Priest, I think it's like the early demos LP. Got that from uh, Sangreal Records. A couple other, a couple other records, and I can't remember their names right now. Got the fucking Acid Witch cassette. Fucking Halloween that wasn't. Excellent. Um, still need to play that. Um, yeah, I'm stoked about that, actually. Yeah. Good shit. Every time I work out, I've just been jamming my fucking like, 80s horror playlist. Yeah. Yeah, you made it very clear that when you get to a certain part of your regimen... It ends with Shuki Levy, and that's usually towards the end of my workout when I'm trying to do like a deadlift or something. And I'm like, dude, fuck this. And then Shuki Levy kicks in, and I'm like, I'm going to take it all the way. Those of you playing the home game, Shuki Levy did the song for Fatal Games. And and I'm still pissed that Couple that, Skate didn't play that song. Yeah, yeah. Get on that shit, Couple Skate. Yeah, that's the ultimate pump up, like either shower song to start your day or working out, like literally, like Shuki Levy, all the way, the intro song to Fatal Games or the Killing Touch. Excellent fucking tune, man. Pumps me up. I'll tell you that. That's a go-to for me. Oh yeah. Um, so. That's all you've been jamming? Really? That's pretty much all I've been jamming. I haven't fucking been listening to much music lately. You know what? I have, but it's like we're getting back into like this after a year of bullshit where new stuff is kind of starting to surface a little bit. Yeah. So I've been focusing on like, because for a year I've been just listening to shit that's been out or whatever. Okay. So legendary stoner metal doom band bongzilla has an album coming out i think on 420 next month and they've released two singles from it and it's basically what you would expect out of a band that's been around for 20 plus years but it's fucking great man i mean they're never going to reinvent the wheel they didn't start by trying to do that but if you're a fan of that type of music you're gonna love it it's fucking heavy for one and it's sounds like bongzilla fucking awesome so I've been jamming <laughs> the two singles that they released and they're kind of like really busy right now because they got like a beer coming out like a Bongzilla beer mm-hmm. and some other shit going on too they're like all over the fucking map so that's cool they're like they're gonna pull in a whole new generation of fans like younger cats that never heard uh, Gateway from like 99 like they don't even know that's a thing <laughs> <laughs> That album is fucking pure fire. Uh, you know what I mean? So that's cool. So I've been jamming that, the new Bongzilla, and their older shit too, just because I've gotten back into that whole like gig. But oh, yeah. uh, a band called Body Void. Okay. Oh, God. These guys, they probably the fucking heaviest band on the planet right now. So I follow the Sludge Lord on Twitter and on Instagram, and uh, I find quite a few bands that, that way. Because they put the Instagram videos up, or the post up, with music playing with the video. Yeah. So sometimes the the name of the band might not catch your eye, but when there's audio with it, and that's what you listen to, you're like, fuck, what is this? So i scrolling through, man, and I just heard the most crushing shit that I haven't heard yet that was a new release coming out, and I'm like, who in the fuck is this? So I went to their page, and the Body Void is like well respected among like a lot of the bands I listen to. Fister, Primitive Man, they're all in the same fucking realm. But like these guys, 
they got a new album coming out. There's like one song that they released, and it's fucking vicious, dude. So check them out. And they also posted the whole Judas Priest thread that fucking stretched out for three days. I don't know if I told you about <laughs> I that. I don't think you did. So Body Void, I mean, they're this like really super heavy, crushing doom band. But the one dude in the band, it's a two-piece band, by the way. He's like, you know what, man? I The Helford picture I sent you. Okay, yeah. He posted that. Like, oh, here's just a picture of Helford being perfect with the perfect shirt on. And I'm like, fuck, yeah. Not even two hours later, he tweets out, man, I'm really getting into 70s Priest. I think I like it more than 80s Priest. And I'm like, you know what? I have, I have some input on that. And, like, Fister chimed in. Fucking all these bands and all these people chime in. They're like, yeah, dude, for me, it's like, Everyone's naming their favorite bands off. Everyone's in like none of these bands sound anything like Priest, but they're all like, "Oh, dude, you kid, where you been? Stained class all day, like fucking." I'm like, "Oh, I, I never would have thought that these like bands like listen to Priest. I mean, I'm sure they do, but they don't. They're not really public about it because it's way different type of music. But yeah, man, all these like Fister came through like, "Oh, dude, '70s Priest is untouchable. You, it's not." Like a mystery that Kenny likes Priest. I mean, he does. You know, like right. He just he's that dude that likes Priest. We we all know that he loves that shit. Oh, the whole band does probably. But anyway, uh, so that was cool. I fell into a fucking two hundred and seventy three reply retweet requote fucking gig on Twitter with that, and I basically just said that seventies uh, Priest is untouchable and Stained Class is the best for me. But a lot of people were in the whole. Sin after sin, and I'm gonna say got, sin after sin. Yeah, which would be my second, and then there was a lot of uh, unleashed in the east for it being the best live album of the decade, and possibly nothing has touched that since. The best non-live live album. Yeah, someone did say that too. For it not being a live album, it's a great live album. All the best live albums are not live albums. Yeah, like Kiss Alive and shit. Yeah, it's pretty much <laughs> started Platinum there. Is like the, yeah, so there's that. And then what's the Slayer one? Is there a Slayer one? Alive, not live? No. They did the opposite. Live like, Undead or some shit like that? Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. it like not live at all? Live Undead with... No, it was it was recorded live without an audience with the audience recorded over. <laughs> That's how that one was? Yes. So you hear people in bed, Black Sabbath! It's just like someone just held a microphone out like, and just <laughs> recorded a bunch of drunk people at a show. And then Slayer just played a live raw recorded set and mixed the two together and it sounded like a live album <laughs> in the beginning I'll never forget some guys in the back like fucking Black Sabbath I'm like this is 1983 man like we've moved on <laughs> Ozzy's put out two records now like but no and then they put out that double live LP in the early 90s the Decade of Aggression yeah. and that they make a liner note in there this is 100% live even with imperfections we don't want to be that band that puts out a faux live album so the double LP was we like, don't want to be that band which we were a decade w- or so earlier we probably got roasted for doing that but yeah so there's that uh, so the priest thing was cool and I fell into that wormhole and also Conan from the UK just released a live album Three days ago, which has some tracks from their first EP. 
that sounds nothing like any of their other shit. So there's a person that we used to hang out with, and I'm not going to mention their name. I didn't know that this person liked Conan when I first met this person. But he only liked the early demos in the first EP. And then once Conan got a little bit of cash and some bigger amps, they decided to structure up a little bit and do maybe a bridge or throw a chorus in there. Not cool anymore. So I went back and listened to fucking Battle in the Swamp and the uh, Horseback Battle Hammer fucking EP, and it's just basically sun with vocals. (laughs) I mean, how hard can your speakers rumble? Their whole goal was just to put out volume and sustain and gain and distortion and uh, it was a whole different band then they've changed completely since 2010 2009 whatever when they started yeah but it was cool to like dip back and listen to that first EP because it's just like so slow and so trudging and so fucking like almost not cipherable what you're listening to unless you really have an ear for that because I mean one guitar strum rings out for five or six minutes and it it's great. It's heavy. It's going fucking, the fucking Earth route. Yeah. Well, yeah. Earth or uh, Sun. It's just. <laughs> so yeah, I've been kind of in that. I'm like, oh shit, man. Ten years ago, Conan was like, you know, and now they're like one of the biggest bands, but they they're more mainstream now. People know who the fuck they are. But those early recordings were fucking raw and heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever listened to the early shit. You might like it, actually. Uh, I think you might like it better than the other shit, man. Other shit, like I like it all. They're one of the bands that they get a pass. I remember seeing them at Berserker Fest. Hey, mind them. Yeah, that was actually the the most I've listened to them. Yeah, but see, that was all like post. They didn't play any of the early stuff because they want to play shit people want to hear. And they once the second third album came out, they got a whole new fan base of that yeah. want to hear. You know. Then they did the split with Bong Ripper, and then after that, there's people started knowing who the fuck they were. Those early recordings are fucking this raw and fucking just insanely heavy with no structured, like, you can't even nod your head to it. You're just listening to a fucking flat-out distorted car accident for 33 minutes, so spread across four tracks. It's It's beautiful. So, but I, I will say that I'm not ashamed to admit that I like their whole catalog. I do. Even their newer stuff where they got music videos now and shit. Congrats to them, man. You know, I mean, fuck. I always say, at least they're not like picking orders in a warehouse. I would fucking change my sound if I knew I was going to make a couple fucking extra bucks a year to not have to like work a actual job. Like people hate on people like oh yeah they used to be cool when they were broke and still working like <laughs> I'll see posts dude I seen uh, who was the how was it uh, my buddy Will not Buffalo Will yeah not Buffalo Will but uh, other buddy Will he's in like landfill and um, a couple other bands I think he posts he's like I just want everybody to know that I would sell out in a fucking heartbeat fuck yeah <laughs> like Abs- fuck work yeah like I'm not fucking 16 and like trying to get cool points here I would sell out in a fucking heartbeat oh my god man my, the biggest thing I gotta do today is fucking find out how to make an omelet that's all I have to do today and wait for my royalty check to come in <laughs> you know I mean what the fuck people are gonna hate on you but like they're like 
you know, mean mean tweeting you on their, on their way to fucking uh, work at six in the morning, hating their life, spilling hot coffee in their lap, like fuck, you know, what I mean? it's like hate on me all you want, dude. Yeah, so, dude, we can all talk shit about fucking Metallica after like '86, but the fact of the matter is, I still have to go to work in the morning, and, and they don't. Lars has a coiled snake-shaped in-ground pool. From the Black Album in his backyard. Lars had to have an anxiety attack because he was selling his priceless work of works of art that he collected yeah. for millions of dollars. Yeah, I wish that was the only thing I had to worry myself about. I know, man. Like, I so can't. yeah, we could talk all the shit we want about them, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I've been listening to, uh, just yeah, I'm just stoked because there's like new music coming out again. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. It's like, fuck, it's about time. Oh, and Dope Lord put out that fucking, I don't know if I told you about that, that EP, hmm. pre-song EP, and the artwork looks like Suspiria. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, but it says Dope Lord, but it looks like Suspiria. It's just three-song EP, and it's a fucking ripper, dude. It's it's good. It's a good uh, reality dagger EP. I think it's a half hour, three songs, and the last song, Reality Dagger's a fucking dude. It's, it's good, man. So there's new shit coming out. No, I'm not relying on 2018 and back and shit no more so I've become horrible at checking out new shit like I see that new shit's got released and I just don't check it out and then I'll eventually like a year later <laughs> check it out yeah I got the uh, Bandcamp uh, I get the notifications from Bandcamp Sludge Lord I get emails and texts like hey man fucking Colt's Blood just released a new EP I'm like those guys have been dormant for like six years Colts Blood's back. Fuck yeah. You know, and then you forget how <laughs> awesome they were. Like, so that's cool. Uh, but what do you, what have you been watching, dude? That's the music portion. Uh, yeah, because I had nothing new to add to music. I know that. That's why I kind of just kept going. <laughs> Other than, uh, I know, check out uh, Blast Attic Records for all your grinding needs. He's fucking Isaac's pumping out new shit. Fucking weekly, it seems. Sulfuric? Yeah, Isaac from Sulfuric. Excellent. He's always posting, like, new shit, releasing new stuff. Fucking, he's got multiple bands going besides Sulfuric. There's, like, Murder Man, and I want to say there might be one more. Fucking. Is it all, like, Midwest-based, or does he branch uh, out? It's kind of spread out. Um, he's well-connected in the Midwest. Yeah, he's, I think he's posted, like, shit from other countries. I mean, he'll, he'll distro stuff and get, like, other... Bands, okay. new releases. That's cool. And then uh, his stuff's like all, uh, I want to say almost everything that I can think of that he does is maybe all Midwest-based. But Yeah, because I know he knows a lot of people. Oh, yeah, dude, that motherfucker. Trashy knows a lot of people. Knows everyone. I mean, everyone knows everyone, yeah. So I didn't know if it was just a Midwest thing, but that's cool he branches out because, you know, and distros shit from other countries. That, that way you get a broad fucking, like, yeah, it's all cool. it's All his shit's fucking, like, super, like, hyper blast, fucking either grind or fucking death like blasting death like right all the shit's fucking gold not to mention he's just a fucking awesome drummer oh yeah an awesome dude Isaac's legit dude amazing fucking drummer really solid guy definitely check out Blast Addict if you want uh, if you can I'm on that shit but yeah so uh, uh, movie wise let's see I kind of actually tried writing some of these stuff down so I'll remember I don't know how much of this list. I don't think this is a full list, but so I watched Triple um, A Masseuse, Good Looking, Offers for Services. That is a fucking title. 
I would hope so, but like, what the fuck? Are, what is that? What are, it's like the most cumbersome title I've ever seen. It's basically this chick who becomes like a uh, call girl prostitute, and that's like the ad she puts in. AAA masseuse, good looking, offers her services. That's like the ad she puts in oh, the paper. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's a uh, people start getting killed. It's not bad. It's pretty good. It's a Giallo film. Oh, it's Jalo. I was yeah. gonna say, is it like an indie fucking? No. Okay. Well, I was gonna say it's either indie or revenge film, but <laughs> if it's a Jalo, cool. Even better. Uh, Death walks on high heels. Nice. Rewatch that one. Uh, the corruption of Chris Miller. This one was good. I was expecting different. Um, Vinegar Syndrome put this out not too uh, actually, probably a handful of years ago at this point. Um, it's a good movie. I was expecting it to be kind of more than what it was, but. It's uh, actually a pretty good movie. Okay. Um, My Dear Killer. This is the one I sent you that opening scene to from. Fucking <laughs> picks up the dude by his head. Oh, yeah. Oh, with the, the crane. Fu- yeah. Oh, my God. What a way to fucking. I forgot about that. Oh, that's gold, dude. He picks this dude up with, like, the Tonka truck scoop <laughs> claw machine thing <laughs> by the fucking head. Like, he, he just won a human in a claw machine, dude. <laughs> dude, I need that in my life, actually. <laughs> I did not see that coming. The dude's directing me. Like, oh, just bring it on over here. <laughs> Dude, it's like one of the best openers, man. It is. You didn't even... There was no fucking, like, pre-anything. You didn't say shit. You're just like, yeah, so this movie, it's just like, whatever. And then I see a guy just, like, directing a fucking crane operator. And then he just fucking ruins his weekend. <laughs> Dude, that one has a another sweet scene where uh, the killer goes, get, get, uh, goes into this chick's house... And they're doing like remodeling work. And there's like a orbital saw. And he fucking picks that up, and that's what he kills her with. Oh He's my just God. like <laughs> fucking splashing all around. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, definitely check out my dear killer. Um, rewatch the case of the bloody iris. That was fucking banger. Yeah, that one's really good. And then um, death steps in the dark, which I feel like I've watched that a couple times now. It's basically all Jalo Realm, right? Um, Jalo Realm sub- has a shit ton, yeah. Well, yeah, can you subscribe to that or just... Yeah, I subscribe to it. Okay, I'm going to do that, man. Actually, I'm going to do that right now. Um, me, dude, honestly, I'm not even kidding, dude. I've watched The New York Ripper twice in three days. That's probably a good thing to do. Yeah, I just... You know what I mean? It's it's that movie. For, it's great. So It's one of my favorite fucking movies. We just had the Fulci birthday thing happen, mm-hmm. what, two weeks ago or whatever, and I kind of dug out a couple of Fulci movies and shit, and then the other day I'm like, you know what, I want to watch the fucking New York River, dude, and uh, I watched it twice in three days, so there's that. I watched Torso, uh, I did watch the, the editor uh, the other day, just, I don't know why I did. I mean, it's not bad, I mean, especially, we feel like Astron 6, the editor is good. I didn't mind, I... I didn't mind it. The score's great, and it's not a bad film. So many fucking, like, nods to movies. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Like little subtle uh, yeah. nods and shit. Yeah, hide and go shriek. Amazing, Madman, nineteen eighty two, fire, Sledgehammer. Okay, awesome. Watched Sledgehammer about three or four days ago. It's on Tubi. Uh, and I was like, you know what? It's been a you know, been a while. Watch that, curtains. Uh, and then I just want to point out that I did dig out some old Ahab. I think Invisible Oranges posted a picture of a repress of Call of the Wretched Sea the other day. Yeah. I was like, dude, I haven't heard old Ahab in a while. And I've been listening to Sun. That's it. <laughs> That's all I got, man. So, yeah, shit. Well. So, um, I don't know. Maybe we can uh, fucking just kind of throw this out there we have some cool stuff in store that's probably going to happen within a few to a couple months what like our podcast yeah yeah we have some ideas of, I feel like I'm in the dark on this no we're not we just talked about it <laughs> did we yeah so we're gonna do some stuff Probably through a pre-order. Oh, template. see, okay, now I know what you're talking. about. I was about. trying to say it without saying it. Like, now we have a sh- we have we have a shirt that I just uh, a design I'd made a few years back that we always threw out getting printed, and um, we're gonna get it printed. And I, just because I don't want to be sitting on a bunch of shirts because I don't know how many people are gonna want this design, it's gonna be done through pre-order. Yeah, uh, once that's posted you know you'll see it if you follow us on our social media activities instagram mainly uh you'll see it posted when we finally do it it's uh really fucking sweet so even if there's one person out there that happens to see that shirt design and say that is the sweetest shirt i've ever seen they're not even going to be half as excited as i am about this fucking thing coming to fruition <laughs> let me just throw that out there also a couple other things little little things little oh yeah we're restocking our koozies new yeah, design just shit like that never was happy with the design we have i use that was mine just like a quick one yeah but i like it i yeah. like it i use it all the time man the one we're going to have i like this is the kind of like what i wanted to do anyway new one is much better but and the uh, old one I like too. Yeah. Make stickers. Uh, I'm actually gonna get that design that uh, Buddy Brian did for us. And yep. I showed it to you before, right? This was like a year ago. I'm trying to remember. It's like a drawing of like a dude coming out of a grave. Oh yeah, that's right. There's like penises in it. Yeah. The more the merrier. Uh, so that's. I think that's gonna be a sticker. That's gonna be a sticker. <laughs> cool. I'm down with that, man. Um, so yeah, we got some we got some stuff coming, you know. But the latest the latest thing was the the new crop of shirts that we Jared whipped up the design for, and we're excited about that. If you guys, you know, if you ever want to fucking hit us up, let us know, man. We can get you a shirt. We got some koozies and shit left. We got some shit left, and yeah, hit up our uh, website burnofferingspodcast.com. We got the shop there. We have a. Uh our logo design shirt fucking we have everything still left I, yeah pretty much we got stuff left I yeah. meant to do a, I meant to do a count on our old stuff just to make sure that the counts on the store are accurate but yeah whatever inventory that's what the word is <laughs> <laughs> awesome 
Uh, so, okay. And then the, the only other thing I would really ask is, like, everybody that listens to this episode, if you could fucking find one person and recommend our podcast that might like us. I run into this all the time. How do you listen to a podcast? I feel like you talk to old people. It's not, though. Like, my cousin TJ, he's my fucking age, and he's like, yeah, I don't know how to go about it. People don't listen to podcasts that I know. We just talk to nobody. We do this for our health. We yeah. do this because we enjoy listening to ourselves. Yeah. I make all my sandwiches on Sunday, so i am got the whole fucking week wide open. It's for your health. <laughs> you, you make all your sandwiches on Sunday, so you don't have anything to do for the rest of the week, you turkey. It's for your health. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I just, a lot of people are like, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know how that works. It's like, do you have a phone? Do you have a computer? Go to, I don't know, just our website, if anything, and hit play. Yeah. Yeah, well. I don't know, man. I don't, do we need to set up, do we need to set up a seminar? A little webinar? Webinar. A tutorial? I could set up a PowerPoint. You are here. Get some music. A lot of uh, a lot of cutting edge effects. The dentist system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, it's not like a, a whole slew of people. It's just certain people are like, dude, I really want to listen to your podcast, but like on your Instagram, I don't really know how to make that happen on Instagram, and you're not on YouTube. I'm like, correct. If you just go to the straight up website, if you just type in the straight up website, it's like, hmm, go listen if, to if it. If you follow something. On Instagram, that has recordings posted somewhere. Where do you think a link to that would be? In bio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So remember the uh, the one star review we got of talk about the movie. Yeah. My mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is this is older than that, but it made me think of it. I don't know why I just thought about it. She's like, yeah, so I tried listening to your podcast. I'm like, yeah? She's like, yeah, I stopped after about 10 minutes. I'm like, okay. She's like, because you said it was about like this movie, but by that point you weren't talking about that movie yet, so I just stopped listening to it. Yeah, well, we changed that. <laughs> we, 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 kinda, we, flipped, we flipped how we were doing it. Yeah, we talked about the movie first and then extracurricular activities second. So I just found it funny. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, well, we're going to wrap this up, I'm assuming. Uh, we're basically at the end. Now we're just bringing stuff up. Yeah, just anyone listening to this episode, be it five years from now, be it five hours from now, whatever the fuck we're doing here, I just want to let everyone know that today I, against my will, went to the casino. Uh, I hate that fucking place. I was supposed to go bowling. <laughs> I'm on five hours of sleep because of my cats. And at this time, it is almost 3 in the morning, so I've been slap happy since halfway through this episode. But, it's always a pleasure. It's always a fucking pleasure, so. Hit us up, man. Let us know what you think. Watch Eyeball. And, man, when it comes to music, speed up and slow it down. Pretty much. Pretty, pretty much. But yeah, that's it guys you have a good one we'll uh you'll be hearing from us soon all right see you guys later